what are you day drinking for? Um, a friend of mine came over and he's he's leaving the area pretty soon uh, to go live out in Orange County. And we both were drinking beers and shooting the shit and reminiscing on old shit. And so I just thought like, yeah, dude, come over. Let's hang before you leave and before it gets too busy for you. Um, and so I'm like three beers and a truly in. And <laughs> I have like the first headache. I don't even think I can do like my presentation on black history today. <laughs> You're so sweet. Yeah. Um no, so no drinking with B. <laughs> yeah. So like right when we were drinking at noon and now it's eight and all I want to do is just take a nap. <laughs> okay. I don't want to keep drinking because I don't. <laughs> well, I mean, we don't have to record today if you don't feel up to it. No, we, we're recording. This is happening today. <laughs> it's happening. It's happening right now. You can About be so brother. Fine. <laughs> um... Yeah, so what, do you want to just get started? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Welcome back to Lady Blurred Sing the Blues. This is your girl, Sometimes V. Yo, this is your girl, Kylie Too Smart. And we're here on a fabulous Sunday afternoon where the weather is questionably not hot enough and the COVID is still happening. Yeah, the COVID is far too hot. COVID is 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 rolling hot. Like the amount of cases, oh my god! Like current COVID cases won't. There's no flattening the curve here in the USA. We're too proud for that. Oh no! Yeah. Have you noticed people without masks and whatnot? Um. You know what? Uh, I've seen a few people. Um, rolling around without their masks and then being like, oh, so I guess it's the new norm. Okay, so I'm like four months of isolation has not informed you that there are going to be some drastic changes. Like, uh, what's it going to take, you guys? Um, I've been uh, looking for a new position and huzzah, I got one. Yay! Yay! I'm actually really excited to talk about it with you because, um, <laughs> yeah, it's like manifesting works, but Let you gotta put the work in. Good work manifest. Hell yeah. But it just so happened that like some of the other positions that I was looking at, one of them was for Facebook and it was um, for screening. So if y'all are in the Bay Area and you're looking for a position, Facebook is hiring um, for screeners and they're paying really well. I think it's like $22 to $24, I think, an hour nice. full-time. So if y'all need that position, they're hiring. Tesla is also hiring. Um, I got to work at Tesla for all of like two days. <laughs> and then I was like, nah, homie, this is not it for me right now. Um, they not want that Musk money. <laughs> bruh, like, okay, it's not that I didn't want the Musk money, but um, I was hired through a staffing a staffing company, because uh, I guess Tesla in Fremont is taking on, like, over a thousand people to get ready to start rolling out their newest models, 
Um, but the staffing company was not very clear with me about what the shifts were going to be. And so I started work and then like everything was just going so fast. And then all of a sudden they're like, oh yeah, your shifts are going to change. And then by the way, like we, um, the team that you're on is only doing like 12 hour shifts and it's like 6.30 to 6.30. So you can either work 6.30 in the morning to 6.30 at night or you can work 6.30 at night to 6.30 in the morning. And I was like, bruh, I'm in school and also not in Fremont and uh, cannot do either of those things. So yeah. that just, it didn't work out for me, but I did really uh, enjoy my two days there. Like seeing the facilities was so cool. Um, seeing all the robots, it was fascinating. Um, so yeah, if somebody is, you know, out there, they're young, scrappy and hungry and they're ready to get to work, Tesla is hiring in Fremont. Uh, yeah. Time to get that Musk money. That Musk money, honey. That Musk money, honey. That place is huge. It was so much walking. I, yeah, I was like, oh my God, I never felt so out of shape in my life. Yeah, well, uh, I I only knew like a couple people who worked at Tesla, and they were just like they were either mechanics or something. So like I don't know, Tesla's never been a, a an appealing place to me in the first place, and it's always like see, they never they never told me the staffing people didn't tell me what they were hiring for. So I was like, I'm used to working a lot of admin positions customer service positions and I was like they wouldn't put me in some place that I'm qualified for right and I was like nah wrong they they yeah they should have been a little more um forthcoming about what it was they were looking for because my resume didn't match at all but <laughs> yeah they yeah they're willing to train people from the jump so like no experience required that's good sorry I've always Anybody who drives a Tesla to me is just like, is there's something about overcompensation. It's the same thing like in Monterey where someone's driving around with a big truck. It's, it's overcompensating more than what you, your actual quality of humanhood is <laughs> to me. Well, so yeah, I, uh, I kind of get that because I mean, they are super expensive, but the technology is still like new and I think it's valid. I think it is something that we need to focus on moving towards. Um, I thought it was really neat. Um, like now Tesla's going to be branching out into like their battery pods and like doing more with solar. So like roofing, that was a cool yeah. thing they were talking about. So uh, yeah, I really hope that uh, in the future it will be more accessible. Yeah. Because yeah, how funny is that? I was like, I'm going to work for Tesla and I can't afford <laughs> to drive <laughs> any of their cars. <laughs> yeah yeah no i see i see a bunch of teslas over by my job all the time and i'm just like yeah sure whatever you don't own that car yet <laughs> give it 10 years give it 20 years um sad things though about screening and covid i mean keep wearing that mask right uh yes. 30 321,000 cases in california plus an additional 8,460 that are accounted for as of today. Yeah. Um, and the United States is 3.37 million. So keep wearing those masks just because things feel like they're becoming a little bit normal and outdoor dining is a thing now. Like you just keep wearing the masks. 
it's just just stay safe keep eating takeout and really check your friends who are not wearing them right check your yeah and then um i've read an interesting article today um about people who are like oh you know it's just one percent mortality but yeah. then they don't also talk about you know it's how it's affecting people who are surviving through it yeah you know yeah they're not dead but you know what they're still having to be hospitalized you know it's many so people are ending up with permanent heart damage lung damage you know experiencing strokes loss of cognitive function so you know it is still serious just because you know you don't think that you are you know at risk doesn't mean that you know the people that you love or that the people that you are around are not going to be at risk so we're all responsible right now for yeah. each other's health and care yeah have you heard about these covid parties oh god please be more specific i've heard about people partying during these covid times what is a covid party covid party is going to a party and chancing the fact that you may or may not be covid so you're basically gambling your life at this party, saying that I ain't gonna get it, and then you leave the party. It's kind of like a Russian roulette, but for COVID. Oh, so just being dumb? That's just being dumb. Yeah, instead of a gun, it's just, <laughs> instead of a gun, it's, it, it's a house. It's a, it's a party. So I don't understand why people are getting these ideas like this is all fake or a hoax or whatever, just because you're nice, healthy, and and like agile doesn't mean it's not going to happen to you i mean are they still at least rocking that ppe you know they getting their gloves on they masks on like a are we just rolling wild a hazmat party would be nice right no but i get you um i saw somebody who was it somebody on instagram was talking about um like how she's in new york and like her hustle is to like organize sex parties mm -hmm. and how disappointed she was in her community that people were still hosting sex parties in these times mm -hmm. and just like not at all being mindful about you know wearing a mask or you know not gathering in large numbers and she was like yeah i get it we're like clubs that were still doing um their parties on the low and she was like yeah i get it you know people are you know needing that money right now and people are still wanting to have fun and need that con like that space for i guess their own desires and to just be like held and have that intimate contact but yeah you got to do that responsibly i mean i just feel like and this is just me being so biased but even if i was like not seeing someone right now I feel like I would be able to handle the fact of just like hey maybe I can have one sex partner maybe two but not a whole fucking crowd and have like two consistent people coming over all the time to get my my touchy feelings on no, we don't do that. That uh, <laughs> sexual sexual health check-in is gonna be masturbation this week. Do we do? Dude. So when we get to it, that's what I plan on talking about. Good, good. Yeah, but like my point is, it's like I don't understand the need to be touched by different people all the time. Like you don't necessarily need that during these times of 
what I'm considering a state of emergency, especially with all the deaths and the, the cases correlating with COVID. Like you just don't need, save yourself and save others. Like just don't do it. Just stick with a couple of people and stop like being a serial dater, you know? It's dangerous. Like it's so dangerous. Thank you. Masturbation. Yeah, I would love for you to talk about that. If anybody knows of this guy named Schaefer the Dark Lord, he just recently <laughs> listened up. Hear yeah. me out. Listening. <laughs> he painted his microphone and it looks like a Hitachi masturbator wand. Like <laughs> Wow. It's He's so good. Serious. He's serious about it. I'm like cupcake approved. I'm like, this guy fucks. <laughs> <laughs> Bruh. Now tell me about fucking the bean, Miss Kylie. Oh, okay. So <laughs> I mean, first first of all, I think that it is a normal and healthy thing for everybody. Um, I did want to ask you I mean if you're comfortable talking about it. Sure. Like do you masturbate? I definitely masturbate. Um, I'm breaking the fourth wall with my eyes right now. Breaking <laughs> it. No! Da -dun -da -dun. Oh, God. God bless if my mom's listening to this. Uh, okay, or have you or have you ever in the past? I'm a grown-ass woman. I, I masturbate. Okay. Uh, I know you're in a relationship. Uh, are you guys comfortable masturbating together is that nope. a thing have you ever experienced jealousy with masturbation nope. in any of your relationships uh this one in particular I feel like I have a lot of sexual freedoms um with with being with cash right now so like we both we both have some sexual freedoms. Like we communicate on like what we like, what we don't like, you know, yada, yada, like some questionable things, things that we want to try down the line. Like it's not. No, that's great. That's yeah, it's, it's not one of those things where it's like, is it a mystery every time we go to bed? Should I stroke your face? Like, it's nothing like that. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want this? <laughs> please, may I please stroke your face? <laughs> <laughs> let me touch your face <laughs> no like it's actually it's a really good healthy exchange between the both of us so uh yeah we're both very comfortable with doing the masturbating thing so it's fine. doing the do but before then like no I feel like I was too uncomfortable and I didn't have enough trust in my previous partners to do it yeah okay yeah I just brought it up because um I recently had an interaction where I was taking care of myself and that's how I that's how I feel it I feel like masturbation is definitely like a part of self-care yeah and you know it does so many like wonderful things for you physically and mentally mm -hmm. um that I consider that like yo that's part of my me time and me masturbating doesn't you know reflect on my desire for my partner is how I see it. If it's something that like your partner is open to uh, experiencing with you, like even better. I really feel like masturbation can be a tool to like strengthen your relationship and um, like bring you guys closer together. But I also feel like it is important 
just to have that time for yourself as well. Um, master reading increases your endorphins. It can help relieve pain. Uh, also, just, you know, if you, if it's part of a routine for you, it's like, it can help you fall asleep. You know, it helps you relieve stress. The nap. Um, if you're like, yeah, <laughs> the fapping nap. Good night, moon. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. <laughs> you are welcome. Uh, it can help like elevate your mood. And um, yeah, like I feel like there's just uh, so many great things that it does for you. Um, but I think a lot of it really helps with women system and, and inflammation and like, like what you're saying, like a stress response, right? So yeah, physically, all your endorphins, prolactin is uh, released. You know, your body is, gets that nice whoosh, relaxed feeling afterwards. Feel accomplished. I'm like, oh, exercise, done, check. Done. It's not, I don't think there's a scientific study yet that <laughs> okay, so, uh, masturbation is a form of exercise. But I guess if you're doing it right, if you're getting into it. I mean, it depends if it's sweaty. If it's sweaty, right? Did you sweat? Check. Does your Fitbit log this? <laughs> how much wrist movement are you using? <laughs> That's so funny. Well, you know, because like, they go by heart heart rate, so it'll tell you like, oh, you are physically active. Oh my during god! Loves. Give your heart a break. It's good for your pelvic floor. It's good for your skin. But I think it's also really good in um, building self-esteem. You know, when you feel um, good about yourself, when you feel like uh, you know or you're like comfortable touching yourself and you know how you want to be pleased and it's not as much of a mystery or like a gamble, then uh, I think you start to become a little more confident in yourself and start like believing that you know yeah you deserve that, that orgasm woman yeah I think you also I think it's really important to surround yourself with the right people too because sometimes like there's communities that still shame masturbation right so there's communities that are probably very religious that are like why would you do that or there's no sense of growth so I think with the confidence building, yeah, I think it would, I think it builds my confidence because, like, you get to know yourself better. You get to know, like, how, what makes you feel good, what doesn't make you feel good. You get to learn yourself, but also, like, if you're surrounded with friends who don't do that, it, it can counteract, right? So, it could be one of those things, like, if you're surrounded by the wrong people, it can make you feel shameful because it's, like, the only means of pleasure I get is only by myself. So, that's, it also helps you reflect on like what type of people do I want to reflect myself around, you know? That's true. Don't get me wrong. Not everybody's friends are talking about masturbation. <laughs> <laughs> Mucha <laughs> masturbation. But you don't want someone to shame you for it if, if it's brought yeah. in the context of conversation. And like, especially since I, it, I do feel like it's such a human thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like It's just part of our experience, you know, I don't think it's uh, something that really needs to be so like deeply shamed. 
so yeah i just uh that was my psa it's my public service <laughs> announcement my pubic service announcement mons pubis announcement no that's i think that's great um yeah i i think it's always good to always brush up on your sexual health especially since now we're in covid time like who knows that if you're like uh i haven't gotten laid well you can satisfy yourself that's always an option yeah i mean and like if you're feeling super stressed it can help you with that if you're feeling on slots of depression you know like uh, there are things you can do to help fight that and part of that is just getting back in touch with yourself literally go touch yourself <laughs> go go touch yourself um so i want to quickly brush upon kanye west's means of confusing the public oh he needs to go touch himself for real uh, right now he's a little touched right now um he is just so he did this literally five years ago where he was like i'm gonna run for president and everybody lost their shit and it's like don't listen to this fool and then he does it again and <laughs> I don't and people know. are still listening. Yeah, I don't know who I need to punch in the face, <laughs> like metaphorically punch in the face, but Elon Musk. But whoever says that voting for Kanye West is a pro-black move in regards to politics, you Kim lost, Kardashian, you lost your mind, your whole mind your whole mind like don't vote for this guy because like everything is like we are standing up for the black people and i'm like oh my god first of all the black people uh, second of yes. all second of all why why would we even bring up why would we even bring up you know um kanye as a a a, why would we even consider Kanye as a leader? Like Kanye lost us all. Like everybody says, like I wish we had the con like George Bush hates black people. Kanye, what happened to that Kanye? And then like well, every the moment that he marries like Kim Kardashian, everyone's like, well, who is this Kanye? But Kanye's been losing it, like and has been inflammatory for years. So like everyone's like, what is this? This is not the. I don't think that people realize um, Kanye is bipolar. And he's talked openly about being bipolar. And he has talked about the fact that, you know, sometimes he goes off of his medication and some of those rants um, that he goes on when he's like high in the public eye and writing, you know, that up feeling is, you know, directly correlated to the fact that he has a mental illness. Okay. You know, and like, I'm not shaming, uh, or anything like that but I'm just saying you know he has gone on record and said that he's going off of his medication which means he's not stable he's not in his right frame of mind when he's making these statements so the thought process is not there yeah and I think we've we already are experiencing what happens when you have a president that is out of touch with reality we have a president that doesn't have any experience in politics and government. Kanye West himself said he's never voted before. Like that in it in and of itself is like insane. Yeah. That someone who has never voted, never like participated 
actively in this nation's um, like well-being all of a sudden wants to be the head of it and wants to be president like uh, yeah there's just so many things wrong yeah no and don't get me wrong like I acknowledge that there that he has a mental illness like that's I actually forgotten about that thank you for pointing that out but the thing is, it's, it's, it's more so about the public reaction than it is about him. Like, he can say and spew whatever the fuck he wants. It's more so the people who are misinterpreting his actions. Like, no paperwork, nothing done to actually, like, you know, solidify his candidacy for presidency. And or the fact that, like, the deadline has passed in many states to, like, announce yourself as a independent... <laughs> Yeah, but even with that that being said, like, Mickey Mouse makes the ballot, like, every single year, so it doesn't really matter if you make, (laughs) if you make it, you know, onto the ballot, it, it, Mickey Mouse is always going to be written in as a write-in, so, like, people can easily write in Kanye West just that they're off the vote. That's true. So, don't get me wrong, I don't even know who the fuck I'm writing for in November. I don't give a fuck about that means of both candidates i can't i don't know who i really want and it's gonna take me a lot of thought and a lot of grumbling underneath my breath of who i actually finally decide to vote for but the thing is do not vote for kanye west if you think you're being pro-black is like my whole message here not doing us a favor he also even said to tmz that slavery is a choice was a choice for our ancestors um and so like if you tell that to a group of black people who've been like protesting for years for the rights of black people so that way we can just stay alive and thrive he's misinterpreting the message by saying that what we were experiencing back in the good old in the good old slavery days that all of that was a choice and not and not and not imprisonment so like i just I get so upset with that. So, like, anyway, like, because this black man is doing all this stuff, I don't want anybody thinking, like, he is the the representation of us. Like, he is not. So do not listen to him and do not vote for him. Like, he's just throwing shit off. Just throwing shit off to make things worse. Uh, I agree. I mean, even, like, he wants to create his own party and he's going to name it the birthday party. Like, uh, Bitch, yeah, he, birthday party. I did. I did. He wants to name it the birthday party because when he wins, it will be everybody's birthday. Uh, not until I see Kim Kardashian with a law degree in her hand, as she said that she was doing. Not Bruh. until I hear him take back all the promises he said, and then he's back to George Bush no, I mean, about black people coming. <laughs> But, like, even beyond that, like, the things that he's actually talking about, you know, they're, like, he doesn't have any policies. They, they keep asking him, like, okay, so what are your policies going to be? And he's like, oh, well, I don't believe in policies. I believe in design. Just, like, and then he started talking about, like, his clothing brand. He's like, yeah, just, like, when I worked with Louis Vuitton, I made a design. It's not a policy. I'm like, okay, but you're, the politics is not the same as creating a design for a shoe or a bag, you know? Yeah. Uh, he's talking about like he doesn't believe in Planned Parenthoods because he thinks that Planned Parenthoods are created by white supremacists to do the devil's work and to keep black people from having babies and um, just, there is a theory it, just some really in- insane things talking about like he wants to run the White House like Wakanda 
it's just all bad. So no, I yes, I agree. I do not think that Kanye West um, is a viable candidate. Uh, and I don't think that you should vote for him just because he's Black and you think that it's cool or it's funny because our nation's politics right now, like, it's not a joke. Yeah. These, poli- like, we are seeing, especially right now, when we're talking about trying to get, um, you know, the police defunded, when we're trying to get these um, police officers, you know, <sighs> arrested when we're trying to change policy like now is not the time to joke with your vote yeah I 100% agree um I didn't have this listed in the agenda but I I wanted to bring attention to the music community real quick um I had a long discussion with a friend today about how toxic the the instrumental community is um, and things that I wish the San Jose community can take more ownership of. And so, I don't, <laughs> I almost said a thesis. No, there's no thesis. A thesis. So, everyone has been being like, how can we make Black people more, more visible to doing jazz music? And a part of me is like, why are we bringing up this conversation? Like, the whole purpose of jazz music or Black American music, which is now the new term, um, that we Black people initiate the the genres that are that most people thrive and make money off of today. And so they're like, how can we make this a more inclusive environment? How can we get it so that way uh, we're we're paying uh, due diligence to the Black community. How can we do better? Um, and so my whole thing is that like with with the jazz community in general, like there's a lot of things that are just, just fucked up and wrong. And I, I'm going to say that because like at this point, like how, how um, things have been going, like I haven't been active with being a musician. I I play trombone, I'm with 7th Street, and I love 7th Street, but, like, I don't gig anymore. I don't go to jam sessions anymore. I don't do any of the things that are typically considered, like, an active musician anymore, because now I have a day job, and I'm doing all this reprioritization, trying to learn other things, and and keep musician as a thing that feeds my heart, but not something that really feeds my my pay. (laughs) (laughs) Feeds your piggy bank. Um, But... Also, like I feel more and more distant from like from the people that I've grown up and done music with because of the fact that like I just don't feel like a sense of belonging. But I also feel like that I've been driven out. But I'm not the only one. There's other people who feel the same way. And first of all, like I want to bring up like if you want to be collaborative and you want to have people show up to more shows and be and be a participant rather than a, a viewer. Like first of all, like. I'm gonna just address jam session culture. Jam session culture has been has been one of those things that it's either competitive or it's 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 a learning process. Which I mean, those both can go hand in hand. Like if you're out in the East Coast, it's basically like like one of those things. If you're in, you play, you don't fuck up. But 
also there is the other side of it and other jam sessions jam sessions and jam spaces where like you as a musician you're negged and negged and negged and negged to go to these jam jam spaces and go to these spaces to participate yet once you show up and you participate and like let's say like you're learning some new changes or you're, you don't know the standard that's being that's being um, proposed and the group plays it anyway you sit there and you feel like an idiot while playing and so because you don't know the song you get off this bandstand and then you realize that no one wants to talk to you because you feel like a loser and then you just hate yourself and that and this is happened this is a thing that happens to a lot of musicians but as time goes on I notice that musicians who are not black, if they screw up on changes, there is a person who mentors them and says like, hey man, I saw that you're playing, hey, you sounded pretty good, like you should probably do this. How about you come over to my house and we can go over these things together or we can just hang out and chill and listen to music. Meanwhile, anybody else who shows up to these spaces don't get that same invitation, don't get that same regard. And they feel isolated. And I find this a lot of the times that happen to black people. And I see this a lot of the time that happen to women as well. And so I want to just bring that up because it's like, how dare you invite somebody to go to these jam spaces and like get the numbers up for yourself if you're the host of these jams and then make the person feel isolated for even attending or participating because you begged them to go. Like, it doesn't make anybody feel too good. It's one thing if they show up uninvited, but it's another thing where they show up because they were bothered all week to go, felt like they are just taking a chance at it and just doing their best to, like, really try their best and then get isolated right at the end. And so that's one thing I just wanted to really point out about just, like, that aspect of the, of the music community. Another thing is, like, just educational spaces that are, like, really awful. Um, so... It's no secret, but I went to San Jose State and I busted my ass at San Jose State, but I also didn't get enough regard at San Jose State after busting my ass. And don't get me wrong, no one owes me shit. And that's the whole thing with like anybody who does music is no one owes you shit, right? But yeah. it's really incredible to see any of the people who did not work as hard as me and a couple of other people and they get like some sort of regard or some sort of boost from teachers mm -hmm. and it's because they're white it's because there's white solidarity there was no black teachers the last black teacher that was there actually got a job over in indiana and it was a better job for him because san jose state was not paying him enough they'd driven out the gospel choir which was another teacher who was in that department and she didn't return so it was just really weird for me to be in a music department just fully of black, uh, just without any black faculty. Zero black faculty, plenty of gay faculty, but zero black faculty. And so um, for these spaces where you're talking about music and you brush, you just brush past the whole jazz thing and then like working in these environments and working your ass off and trying to show that like, hey, I'm working really hard um, but no one wants to mentor you. No one wants to go out of their way to like help another black student. They're only paying attention to the white students because of an internalized bias. Because if you're a white teacher, you'll help somebody who is white because that is your bias. You don't realize that maybe that black student over there who's been busting their ass might need a little bit of a boost, but you don't care because it's not part of your clan. No pun intended. It's just one actual pun intended. 
no. And I, I also think that um, it's crazy that anybody would try to divorce like jazz from African American culture, Black culture. Uh, I think a lot of what happens, like especially in these spaces, is that people are like, oh well blacks are automatically going to be better at jazz so they don't need as much help or they're going to automatically be more recognized at jazz so they don't need that help i can't speak um like from the musicianship point of view for this but i can say a similar thing happens um with spoken word because that is something that i did and um experienced firsthand um like what i felt was like a special like racial bias there expectations of how I would perform Mm -hmm. would be different than um, my white counterpart. In fact, um, with Poetry Out Loud, um, I did a poem, a piece for um, Ma Rainey, and in a portion of that poem was a song, and I sang that portion, and they were like, oh, well, we don't know how to grade you on your singing, and so I ended up not winning that competition even though like hands down I outperformed my competitor and everybody was like blown away that I did not win this competition mm-hmm. and I'm not saying that it was that like oh like they owed me that but no like I should have won that yeah. hands down they even put a clause in afterwards um about singing but it was just like okay this clause didn't exist before and I outperformed this person like I should have won but because I'm black and because they didn't oh they felt that they didn't know how to take my voice Mm -hmm. and my talent and because I had a talent that he could not compete with I didn't get it yeah and so it was like uh, yeah insane yeah no it's it's really incredible that I watched a black musician go through the department I went to, that I did, and he was a bassist, a percussionist, a, a rap artist. He could rap any changes, and yet no one want, none of the teachers wanted to like go further into exploring with him because he was simply black, like. It wasn't being like they weren't calling him like hard R's or anything like that. It was like the more so like I noticed that he wasn't getting a lot of attention and weren't working with the talent that he had. Meanwhile, I see everybody else elevating his art form. Yeah. Meanwhile, I see other people who have less talent, who are less flexible and agile, and they get scholarships and they get all these booths and they get awards when they graduate and then they get all these like little nice notes to go to grad school and it's really heartbreaking where it's like okay this person only plays trumpet and that's it they sure their job they do jazz and sure like they can do theory but like you have a black man who can play percussion bass and can rap and there's nothing there's no one over here trying to uplift his talent and make him better no one was here to mentor him they just he was just forgotten and then he disappeared he disappeared and if you feel that isolation like of course you're gonna disappear um and so with that being said, it's, it's really incredible, like in educational spaces, how many times white teachers will just ignore black students because it's not 
they don't know how to reach out or empathize. Yeah, I was going to say, they feel like those skills are outside of their wheelhouse, which means um, that your school needs to include more teachers that have uh, the ability to actually teach their students. Yeah. So like, that's, that's my whole thing is like, I get so bent out of shape about it. And no one like sees the issue, but oh hey, let's get Veronica to do a diversity photo shoot and oh, no. put her on a poster at San Jose State to show that we are inclusive and we care about our students. Man, during those George Floyd prote- protests, by the way, with those posters, I blew the fucking shit up with San Jose State. How fucking dare they use my fucking picture to show that they are inclusive and that they have diversity and they say nothing about the protest until I fucking light their asses up about it. And luckily enough, I had enough people who had my back to protest with me, but how fucking dare they? they none of those teachers gave a shit about me. Like, I was favored over a girl who disappeared, <laughs> disappeared, comes back, and everybody welcomes her with, like, open arms, even though she spent her time harassing a bunch of people in our department. Like, yeah, sure, I'm venting about, like, old news, but this is what happened. And so this is, like, an, a whole-ass anecdotal example of what happens in other educational spaces within the music community, that you get diversity, but you're not doing enough to serve your Black students. You you want to fit the criteria to say that everything is all good in the hood because people are graduating, but your black students are disappearing. And so with that being said, you're taking black art forms and you're not doing your due diligence to keep those traditions in with the black students. They are failing and they are stealing. And so that's just like my whole like thing with like the music community in general is like they're failing to really, really like to help maintain these traditions but instead they're just pushing people away or pushing black people away mostly so that was like my second my second rant and then third of all like i'm just i saw a diversity talk and it was such a good start but like there were so many things that needed to be addressed like everyone's like we're going to introduce black history and talk about black lives matter in the classroom but you got to make sure that there's protections for those teachers to talk about those things yeah because uh sorry i just no i just thought it was interesting so like i was talking about the last meeting i had with stanford um was (laughs) a group of people uh, for the alumni department and they were talking about some new programs that stanford is going to be putting into place mind you not publicly this is like internally they wanted to create spaces for their black employees to Uh, like be interviewed it was just really weird so I was like okay so your way of taking a step towards showing that you support black lives is to a not do it publicly b to have it be internal and then c you're asking people to out themselves to step forward you're making the people who feel (laughs) like they may be discriminated against Um, responsible for their discrimination so basically you're like oh well these people didn't step forward and say anything about it so um like it's on them to fix it no that's so every time anybody stepped out and said anything those people are isolated and then shunned out yes so i was like okay and then they're regarded as crazy and batshit and just racially driven when they're just trying to promote the truth 
Yeah. So uh, also in this meeting, there were a total of three Black people, myself included, two of which were um, temporary employees, uh, me and this other crazy intelligent young woman, um, that we already knew that our time there was up. So really, there was just one Black woman in this meeting for a whole department about how they want to improve their race relations by providing, and they weren't clear if it was like literally, you know, the comments where you just like a shoebox, just writing your notes and putting it in a shoebox, or if they're doing this online, or if they want them to speak to a supervisor, or they want them to have like a hotline. And I was like, this just sounds really uncomfortable. Um, this sounds like you're leaving your employees open for some backlash. This sounds like you're like making it easier to target your black <laughs> employees. Um, yeah, this sounds like no good at all. Um, and in fact, I was like, uh, I had messaged my um, my manager and I was like, hey, um, is this what you had me do? the analysis on the Instagram and Facebook page for because I had gone through and like did a tally of like over the last year how many of their posts included people of color specifically you know black people um how many like had to do with like actual people and just like breaking it down so they could have some data and it was like and I even brought it up to him I was like you know during Black History Month there was no post for Black History Month at all yeah. and like your page is being run by the woman who like is in charge of the Stanford Magazine who's a white woman who is promoting her own personal podcast on that page and I was like you know it's most of your content is being um, done by this one woman and a lot of it is about herself which is crazy because you got to think of all the Stanford alumni that are out there, all the fucking uh, black actors and black writers that are in the public eye that are like publicly saying that they're from Stanford. They're, you know, that's where they got their jump off. And then you don't like, hello, Issa Rae, you, you guys didn't mention her at all in any of your posts. You had a whole post dedicated to like um, Stanford in Hollywood and didn't mention her at all mm -hmm. like how so uh yeah but anyway I'm not at Stanford anymore I am with a new company I'm with a housing company in San Jose that is focusing on housing specifically for black families and um to help serve communities of color nice That's I'm super excited about it um, immediately like from the jump their like their page has you know black lives matter on it so i'm like all right y'all are fucking publicly about your shit so i'm really excited yeah no that's fantastic yeah. good for you yeah i think <laughs> i think in and there's not in closing but like there you know, needs to be better accountability with this like better accountability like the the whole thing with just like putting a band-aid over being like whoops didn't mean it is not enough because like yeah. issues have been addressed for like years and these issues have been addressed for way too long and so with that being said it's like now everybody's being super proactive 
um, about like just making a quick post, but at the same time, it's just like, it's not enough. Or people like, oh, we'll pay attention to black people now, but they're only paying attention to the ones who are like overly talented, not just like regularly talented. And so it's just, it's just really interesting. So anywho, I am still a little bent out of shape about it because it's like, I just don't trust, um, I just don't trust people in my music community right now to do the right thing. They're making steps to try to be the, do the right thing. But in the end, it's like, there's too many shame things that are like shaming people to be like in there's too many sh like just shaming people in general just to keep them around and it's it's one of those things like it just makes people uncomfortable and they just don't want to be around so anywho um let's move on moving along moving along um i want to talk about melba liston next week um, okay okay melba liston was a uh, trombone player back in um I believe starting around like the late 1920s, uh, but I want to talk more about her later. Um, but I want to talk about some video games I've been revisiting. Oh um, boy. Yeah, some, some nerdy stuff. So I revisit, I'm re currently revisiting uh, Golden Sun, which is okay. from Boy Advance. It's right now my favorite Pride and Joy right now. I really love the little gins, which are these little summoning monsters and exploring the map it's very like final fantasy 7 but kind of like it's kind of like final fantasy 7 plus legend of zelda if they were to mesh together if that makes any sense yeah it makes total sense yeah so there's like there's black magic or not black magic it's called psi energy but it manifests in different elements um the main elements are like earth fire water wind um <laughs> you have to you have to go around and save the world basically i can't remember what my main mission is because i have to go visit all these dumb places so i'm kind of using like a gaming guide right now to make sure i don't get lost um but it's cool um it really holds up i i didn't think like an old game like that would hold up present day but it does um so i'm really excited about that and then with final fantasy 7 I am working on getting all the resolutions witnessed, which is a big thing. So if people don't know, resolutions are the, the little scenes in chapter 14 um, in the remake, where if you play the story, but depending on your bias throughout the story, so if you're pro Eris, pro Tifa, or pro Avalanche, you get a different resolution. So I accomplished getting the Aerith resolution, which is very similar to the conspiracy theory Eris resolution um, from the original game, where if Eris dies, you can resurrect her. Um, apparently, but the dialogue is almost the same. So I have seen Tifa's, because I think Tifa's is like the default, and then I saw Eris, where she's like telling Cloud, like, don't fall in love with me, it's not worth it. And um, so now I'm working on getting Barrett's resolution, which is a pro avalanche resolution. And these things take so long because you have to go back to the beginning of the game and treat all these girls like shit. <laughs> and then not do- Right, I always struggled with that. <laughs> and then not do any of the side quests. And then you have to make sure you complete, you complete the chapter 
So that way it registers that you didn't do any side quests and then you get to skip chapters and go through this thing. I feel like I went through Walmart so many times in this game that I'm ready to throw up. Even though everybody in Walmart is already throwing up because it's where everyone gets drunk in this game. So <laughs> I'm, I'm really glad that this game has has such an engaging like replay that I'm really happy that I can continue to keep playing it and get some satisfaction with keep playing it that it makes me really excited for when the part two comes out um and when part two comes out like I'm just gonna ghost the world for like another two months like I did when it first came out (laughs) I have been playing no games um not playing any games no, no not right now. Right here. No. I have pretty much just been focusing on like school and then this job and um obsessively watching Hamilton. <laughs> now that it's available on Disney Plus, we can get into that cuz I feel like that deserves like a whole lot of time um to talk about all of the amazing things in Hamilton. Yeah. Uh, we can talk about that next time. Hell yeah. I think that'll go well. I saw the uh, the drunk history of Lin-Manuel. Oh, I haven't seen it. It's I kind of want to see it. It's really, really good. I think the Lin-Manuel one is really good. And like always, always, always my top favorite is the one of Crystal from The Read. She has two of them, and she talks about the one with Marsha P. Johnson, and it's just too perfect. Like, I really didn't realize um, how much work Lin-Manuel did. I was like, holy crap. Oh, that guy is so impressive. Yeah, that guy's no joke. He's really good. So, yeah, that's what I've been doing. Studying like a good little bookworm. Yes, you is. Yes, you is. All right. Yeah, right. Um, is there anything else for today's episode? Do we have a big move Monday? No. <laughs> no? There's no big moves for Monday. There's no. Well, big... except for me. I'll be my big move Monday. I got a new job in the time of COVID. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I technically got three new jobs because um, I got accepted with Tesla, which then I was just like, huh, no, nah, I can't do that. Um, I did um, get accepted for that Facebook position, but then... Um, I got the position with Abode and was like, yes, this is actually what I really want to do. Um, like, if people don't know about my background, I actually spent um, some years in my childhood being homeless and without um, housing programs like this that helped my mother get a place when she was, you know, in her recovery, um, I wouldn't be in the position that I am in today. So um, this is like a project or a position that uh, like really lies close to my heart. And I'm really excited to be able to work for a company that's like actually doing something positive in their communities. So I'm really happy about that. Something that's rewarding, not something that takes your soul away, right? Yeah. All right, well, one day it goes to my girl, Kylie Too Smart. (laughs) <laughs> nicely done getting jobs during the COVID is not easy guys it's not, it's not. I've been applying for like two months because I already knew that this position with Stanford was going to be temporary so yes 
Alrighty, well, that's it for today's episode of Lady Blurred Sing the Blues. This is your sing it. sometimes B. Yeah, this is Kylie Too Smart. And we'll see you guys next time. Bye. Let me touch your face.